This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 78, recorded on the 22nd of January, 2015. On today's show, how to spice up your dining room. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by Camp Pros Like You, who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by Camp Easy. To save on your listing in a camp directory that parents love, use the code CAMPHACKER for 70% off the price of a full camp registration. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog and a podcast network at camphacker.tv. Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the director of camping services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year-round camp conference education facility in the Catskill Mountains of New York, about two and a half hours from Manhattan. And this was summer eight, number 18, working at Frost Valley for me. And my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians in Quebec, and we have uh, a linguistic program. And I've been working there for a long time as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to see you both. It's nice to have uh, nice to have you all here. I'm sorry that Dan couldn't. Uh, Dan, Dan Squid here. I'm sorry that Joe couldn't be here. Um, we had to change our recording timing, so Dan had to take uh, his son Matthew to, to basketball game. Um, we're actually today going to cover um, a really interesting topic, but uh, I wanted to, before we get into the topic, I wanted to just invite you to do one thing that would help us out. If you've got anything from this show, um, it would be so helpful if you went to iTunes and gave us a little review there. The easiest way to do that is to go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, and that'll open up your iTunes browser, and you can leave us a little review there. That helps people in the camp world find us more easily easily. Uh, and help us get more downloads and, and more exposure to people so that more camp pros get to see some of this good information from the people we bring together. Today's topic is is really fun and it was a great suggestion from Gab. It is, we've done some pretty philosophical shows lately and this one's a lot, it's going to be good nuts and bolts, practical things. And uh, we're going to call it Spice Up Your Dining Room. So um, Gab, tell us why you think that this is a, an important topic. Well, you know, uh, as camp directors, we know that a big chunk of time is spent in the dining room uh, for our campers and our staff members. And um, sometimes there's missed opportunities when it comes to programming and, uh, and connection. And, and I thought, you know, this is a great topic. I'm always looking for, for good ideas uh, when it comes to our dining room. Um, at Waro, because we're, we have a linguistic program, and our campers sit English, French, English, French around the table. Right. Conversations uh, can get a little difficult because we're working with two uh, with two languages. So we're always looking for new ideas to make sure that our, our dining room is a, is a lively place. And it's we want the kids to go home say that they made 
uh, they made friends and uh, and they ate great food. So uh, it's, a, it's a very for us it's a very important topic. Right. So we're going to focus more on the program side of it, the people part of it, instead of specific to the food or or how you do with dining hall procedures. Totally. Yeah. Right on. Dan, what's the uh, what's the dining hall like at Frost Valley? Um, it is. Uh, well, first, before I go there, um, yeah. uh, I, I can't reemphasize enough why this topic is important because uh, I look at like the kids spend one fourth of their day in a dining hall. If right. you really think about the amount of time they're in meals. But um, the dining hall at Frost Valley is pretty unique. Um, so we have nine overnight camping programs at Frost Valley and two day camp programs, which means the only time you really feel like there's that many people on camp is in the dining hall. So we literally serve um, uh, the same meal, but uh, different, different, um, different people running the meal in three different rooms at the same time and two shifts. So literally, um, it's maintained the camp's identity, um, for each of those, those programs I talked about, but at the same point in time, um, very well orchestrated and, and, uh, and trying to keep it a pleasant experience. I visited some dining halls of camps and, um, you know, it's just, it's complete chaos. And I really believe, um, even more so with, uh, it just seems like the amount of eating disorders, uh, that children have is going up. Um, and the amount of anxieties they have surrounding food is going up. And I, I really believe in, in trying to have, um, have it as a program, but also have it as a calm program at times right. and right. to get the rhythm of it. So it's very orchestrated for us. Um, uh, would you like for me to run through what a typical meal looks like then? Yeah, uh, sure. Or... If you, if yes, please, that'd be great. Okay, so um, I'm just going to focus on um, the our two biggest camp programs, our traditional camp programs. So they run it the exact same way. Uh, kids come in. Um, they uh, literally will come and sit at their table. Uh, tables are done by cabin style. I mean, by cabin group. So you are sitting with the kids that you stayed with the, the night before. Your counselors are with you right there. So literally the counselors know if you didn't sleep well, if you are going to have an active day. It's very supervised in that sense. Um, our CITs actually run all the logistic aspects. So the CITs deliver the plates and the utensils um, to the the kids. We do that for um, one reason, um, uh, because of the amount of people that can get up. The, the second reason we do it is for communicable diseases. The, the CITs have gloves on, and it's not 8 million kids touching gloves and touching everything. Um, yeah, so they the kids are there. Um, one important thing I forgot, though, is when they enter the dining hall, um, we have trough-style sinks. So we literally have sinks that are huge, um, and every kid will wash their hands before they come in. There's literally um, five faucet heads there. So we could have a cabin group go through in under a minute. Um, uh, so it really is um, something where we can uh, we can really take a lot of people. Um Going from there, uh, when they're sitting in the cabin groups, there's one director running the meal at the front of the dining hall. We do a grace. Um, the grace does have the word father in it um, in one of them, and it has the word Lord in another one. Um, and we tell kids if they don't want to say those words, they don't have to, but that every, we say the grace out of respect that we that we once um, did and in, in start with the camp. Um, and then um, we will have a moment of silence after that, and then we'll have a moment of something random um i've seen everything from thumb wrestling to high-fiving to um staring contest but something to add a little fun into it and then um we have the kids go up with meal cards so every every table has a meal card 
and um, and they have one waiter or, or waitress or waitron go and take the, uh, their card up to the line and we serve family style. So the, when the tray comes back to the table, um, that is when people are finally start allowed to get up from the table um, because of the amount of people that we only allow two up at a time. So the tray of food is a, a hot meal. Um, it's a kid-friendly meal. Um, it's the meal that the whole dining hall is serving. Um, if a child doesn't like what we're serving, um, we have a very extensive salad bar. Um, and we also have soup. We also have soy nut butter and jelly out. So that, that's for lunch and dinner. For, for breakfast, it's um, oatmeal um, and the soup, uh, the soup base. And, um, and the, it becomes a large cereal bar with fruit and dairy options as well too. So um, yeah, kids eat, um, only two up from a table, the staff are right there, the staff are, are present. Um, we recently shifted our dining hall tables, so now everything is somewhat circular, um, so the staff have really great supervision with the kids. Um, and then they finish eating. Um, then uh, for um, uh, we do something called, we do dessert time, um, that's, uh, so the kids, yeah, we ask what time it is. The kids yell out, "It's dessert time!" It's actually it's very funny to kind of walk through this procedure like this. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh geez, and then uh, I want to say um, they serve dessert, and then uh, we do a cleanup song. Um, so it's uh, the only time music is actually played in the dining hall is they do um, they do uh, whatever pop song. Um, usually it's a song per week and they do the same song. But um, yeah, so they play that song and then everyone cleans up and then they come back to their tables. And at the end of it, um, we either work in performance. So um, we might work in kids singing for a little bit or um, we might just want to get them out of the dining hall. Um, and uh, it really kind of depends on the flow of the day. Um, but yeah, uh, there's announcements for anything that's important. Um, anything that needs to get across the whole group and then we get the kids out on the dining hall. So that is um, typically how a meal runs. The younger half of camp, um, when they come in, the tables are already set up for them. Uh, I mean, the tables are pushed down. For the older half of camp, they do have the responsibility of popping their tables and sweeping after each meal. Right. But um, it's kind of looked at as an honor that they get to do that, that they're trusted with it uh, as a whole. But I really, I really believe that you have to have the right flow of being calm and quiet enough so a child can eat and a child can have a conversation right. so the staff can supervise the kids and then also have some energy in it. So that's why things kind of, as soon as we're done passing out food and everyone's kind of eating, that's when the energy level picks right back up. Right. So, yeah. but yeah. That's cool. And, and I, I certainly share that philosophy when we were directing, um, you know, you'd have a fun opener in our case, usually a sun grace. Um, and yes, and then, uh, then the meal would start sort of, you know, the usual hopper gopher, whatever you call it at your camp. Um, and then people would focus on the conversations at the table. And, um, you know, I'm curious to, to, to talk with you, Gab, about how you work conversations, like being thoughtful about what those conversations mean. But for us, it was just a chance for the counselors to talk to the kids. And, and we also often would have um, what we called grandparents, which was a senior staff person assigned to each cabin group. And so they would often be at, at cabins for meals. 
and be part of that conversation. And then when the meal was cleaned, then they could do cheers and songs. Um, but we wanted it to be a, a period where people focused on eating and quiet conversation and then move into cheers and songs. And there'd be, you know, cheers and songs as long as it took for everyone else to finish. We use cheers and songs as a, uh, a motivator to get a, keep a meal moving. Is once another table starts to do a song and you want to join, then you sort of, that's how we get the meals moving and uh, get the tables cleaned up and, and going. And then they would end the meal with a, with announcements, which we really tried to focus on creative announcements, skits, costumes, lighting cues, music, all of that, instead of, you know, make sure you bring your towel to the buddy board today, kind of boring stuff. We tried to make it as, as, creative as possible but we also at at least one meal a day often two meals a day would have some sort of short skit that was based around the theme of the week and um and they've certainly carried this on at Karen since we left it's become even more involved where the theme of the week might be toy story um but there are characters from the movie that come through um and plot a story throughout the whole week and so those characters would often have a bit of it, something to happen during a meal or they might take part in things like kids after a meal would do duties in the morning part of cleaning up camp and that would be assigned by a character from toy story or you know whatever the characters were um and then we would always end a meal we always like to say that we would end a meal together or begin a meal together and end it together so there's always some sort of closer that was um would bring it all together and that came from me when i was a kid our director always had us do our moment of silence then um it was we would always let's end this bill with a moment of silence and then somebody would dismiss it dismiss everybody from the from the the dining hall and we got a lot more creative with that when we moved to glenmore they had this great thing called the out chant that they did at the end of every meal and we've had since added a whole bunch more to that so um there was quiet time and singing and uh lots of things throughout it that that were fun gab for you folks what what's a, a quick rundown of a meal look like well I, I, again similar philosophy of of making sure that it's conducive to calm and eating so you want to create sort of that positive environment that's not too loud or overwhelming and then you, you're overwhelmed by by the the meal um very similar to to both of you uh one of the slight differences is that um, at the end of, of uh, their meal, each table, uh, also family style, served by the counselors. Once all the plates are passed around, then you can start eating. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. And uh, if you want seconds, you have to wait till till we're it's offered, so that it's not you know I'm going for seconds. We're trying to time the whole table, and, and so there's kind of the, these these old school ta- table manners, which I think are great table manners to, to learn and, and we often have parents calling us or, or emailing us and saying uh what have you my daughter is so <laughs> polite at the table and uh it's, it's just it's nice it's, it's so great it's, and those are things that you do manners help with creating a space for conversation um uh, so um one of the things at the end of the at the meal um before the, once the campers have cleaned up and, and uh, whipped up the table, they do what we call just a break. And it's a little chant that they do that represents their meal. So you sort of get to hear the inside jokes from each table. Um, and, and it always ends with break. And 
it's always funny to, to hear and uh, the younger ones versus the older ones. So that's one of the things that, uh, that we do. And, and then on um, a little note for kids that don't really like the meals, um, we always offer a what is called a no thank you helping. Uh, have you guys ever heard of that? Yep, for sure. Yeah. So those things I think are great. And you just put like a pea on the plate, um, you know, or a little bit of whatever, a tomato. Yeah. And, um, and they don't have to try it. I find that 40% of the time, and that number is not scientifically proven, <laughs> but I believe 40% of the time a camper will try it. And out of that, uh, you know, almost half of them actually like it. So I always recommend that the no thank you helpings uh, happen and it's a good way to get campers to try it. But then having alternatives is important as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, what are some of the things that you've added into meals or, or to that time together in the dining hall over over the last little while? Well, you know, my my uh, my aunt had this with my cousin. She had this. They lived in a small house in Toronto, and um, you know, uh, her husband's a, a a cartoon animator. So they always had the coolest toys, like these really cool toys from Japan, and these really right. like funky items and. Um, and she told, and I, and, but I remember them getting a lot of toys, but their, their rooms weren't filled with toys. Um, and, uh, she told me when I was much older that what she would do is rotate the toys in and out uh. and it made the toys just seem more exciting. So after, you know, a month or so, one, a couple of toys would disappear and some other toys would go in and it was just sort of this rotating, uh, revolving door of different yeah, toys. Smart, and, smart. and so we do the same thing with, um, games on the table. So if, like I said, at the beginning conversation cards, if you put those out at the beginning, they could be used, but after a couple of days, they're not going to look at them again. So we sort of rotate in things throughout, uh, the summer to, to start with, you know, uh, would you rather's best and worst time of, uh, just these little fun conversation starters that, um, that, uh, that could be fun or, or they don't use them at all, but it's something that it's a tool there. And also we have games and riddles and those type of things. But I remember always putting in a lot of effort at the beginning of the summer, uh, on these little items that we'd put in the middle and they were all, they were used within the first couple of days and then people didn't look at it afterwards. Right. Right. And so we just sort of put them there and then take them off. Don't have them on the table for a day or two, put something else. And, and then our, you know, our staff are intrigued by what's there and, and so are our campers. Right. You could put a box of Trivial Pursuit. Yes. Uh, heart, you know, right there and, you know, just for a day and then take them away and they will use it for sure. Right. Anything. Especially Trivial. You know, these board games that are missing a whole bunch of pieces. Yes. These are the these are a good place to right. create something with it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. You know, one of the. Um, the most purposeful camps I've ever been to about meals and conversations. And, and for them, they did a lot more games at the table uh, was Camp Toygo. And our cabin and I have a mutual friend, Jergy, who many of you may know from the International Camping Federation. Um, and Jergy speaking at many things. Um, and Jergy taught me some great table games. I remember that being a whole section, like almost a, an hour and a half section of this um skills weekend that I went to for program directors and it was just really fun. They were really purposeful. They had a, a place on top of the piano where if 
where you could go to get something like if you were done your meal ahead of time and you're just waiting and your kids didn't feel like cheering and you just want to do something a bit different you could go get some of these table game things and he taught us games with napkins and uh, like it was just really fun they also have songs that are that are only dining hall songs that they did at that time so they've been really purposeful about it so if any of you ever run into john jerkinson you should ask him about uh, fun stuff they do at toygo because they're really they're really purposeful about it i thought it was great yeah, and I and I think the dining room song thing is also is also wonderful. We also have dining room songs that aren't sung anywhere else in camp, and and I think that with the dining room, when you create sort of traditions and rituals, and you know, it's it's exciting because yeah, you're like, yeah. oh yes, we're going to sing this song, and it's not sung anywhere else in camp. And I think that um, what you're talking about, the purposefulness, is actually sometimes we don't dining room is almost our afterthought, and um, just assigning um, a couple of staff members during staff training who are who've been to many staff trainings before, who are who are uh, responsible staff members, and saying, "Listen, you don't need to go to these two sessions because you've been there. You know, you know what's what. Um, this is maybe updated information for that. I really want to make the dining room stellar this year." Right. Um, and pair them with a leadership team member and get them to brainstorm, and because you don't need everybody to be on board you don't need everybody to be part of it but you have a couple of your staff members and they know what what's difficult at times and you know there's always that sometimes that awkward 12 year old table where there's no talking you know so <laughs> it's like that table what can we do for that table yeah yeah, yeah. dan has dining hall changed for you over time yeah um you know there's um there is uh, two things I think uh, that are really strategic parts of our dining hall that, that I haven't touched upon. Um, one is we compost all of our food waste. Um, we've been doing it since the 80s. Um, I would say the biggest change we've made in the past decade is, is really kind of taking it seriously and making sure kids uh, are aiming for zero food waste, um, you know, and making sure that they know that the impact they're having on, on things. And so we actually do a contest um, to who could have the lowest amount of food waste and they get t-shirts, uh, one year, you know, we do, we do different things, um, depending on the year and what prize they want, but, uh, it just teaches sustainability. It teaches, um, stewardship and we really believe in it. And, uh, the kids look around the property with pride then saying that they right. helped contribute to it by, by simply by just managing their own food waste. Um, another thing that we do that I, um, absolutely love um, going into the performance piece you were talking about songs uh, that you only have in the dining hall so every lunch uh, we have something called hoopla and so hoopla happens obviously at the end of the meal like we talked about the energy picking up at the end of the meal and so every village that's how we split up um, our kids so we split them up by age and gender um, and so every village has uh, i want to say three to five cheers and literally hoopla yeah. is a cheer it's a cheer war right it's, um it's uh, it's pretty amazing um, to watch uh, these cheers um, go back a long way. A lot of them are modified songs. Um, uh, they become huge sources of pride. Uh, the the kids. Uh, the nice thing is, with each group having a group a sense of cheers, you have kids cheering each other's cheers as well too. So as you get older, you will still sing the cheers that you kind of grew up through. Right. Um, I uh, granted, I live and work at camp, but I've sung these cheers to my daughter as lullabies as yeah. well. You know, so like they really. Um, they really become a point of it. And so uh, I actually was visiting um, uh, somebody that's a potential future partner 
um, on Wednesday, and uh, and they said to me, um, how can we get cheering in our in our program? They run a community center, and it was really funny to talk about how organically it was just these songs that modified, and then they kind of became geared towards each other. And it's just it's it's truly awesome to watch. Um, there's actually videos on YouTube if you search Hoopla as well, um, you'll find them uh, some Frost Valley videos on it. But uh, it's 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 pretty special. Like um, uh, I every every once in a while I record it. They could be anywhere from Hoopla could be anywhere from like five minutes to twenty minutes long, depending if the energy level and the time of day and 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 how things are going. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it's pretty amazing to watch. Um, and uh, I love it because the the staff do a great job of teaching the cheers before the kids go into the meal. Right. Um, so before they go into that first lunch, it's giving something for the whole group to bond around. They're not. It's not the type of thing where um, you're supposed to know them. Right. In fact, you probably only know the ones that you the village is prior. You don't know the village that you're going into. So a lot of people are excited to learn the new cheers every year they go go there. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a leveling ground for new kids and, and old kids um, in that sense, or returning kids, not old kids. But yeah, um, yeah those are two things that we've, uh, I would say, um, weren't super recent changes, but I would say over the, the past uh, 20 years of me being here, I've gone from little to major components of our program, sources of pride for the kids that they go home and they stack their plates and they sing songs, you know? So, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, That's awesome. Well, one thing that Hoopla makes me think of, we, um, it waxes and wanes, but that's part of the fun of it too, is it's there for some summers and goes away for a few summers and comes back. Um, some summers there have been really big um, productions or you know something that everybody that happens every day for duties in the morning. So sometimes the cabinet is assigned duty by handing them a sheet of paper, but it's never just hand them a sheet of paper. As I said, sometimes it's characters. But sometimes we've also done, we did a thing where we had a, a duty wheel where you would spin to see what you get, which was the most highly obviously fixed game in town. Um, and uh, it was one of those things that when I was a director, the the people who became program director would take over the duty wheel from me who brought it and started it. And so we'd have to have training to get to, to run the duty wheel um, because we wanted it to be fair, but you had to sort of fix it without obviously fixing it. Um, but so starting that routine and getting kids, like would be one, cab, one kid from each kid coming up to spin the duty wheel to see what their duties were. Um, in that moment of you know announcing it and then those kids coming up there would be songs that started and they just started as like your hoopla songs your chants that just came from commercials and things that have been modified to just talk yeah. about how how excited people were to do duties and you know we hope we get the bad ones and um you know it's just all those things that were part of a, a fun routine that um, I think there's probably now eight duty songs that happen in a row automatically. So kids are starting to spin and you know going back to the table to report what they got while the songs are still going on. Now there's so many of them. Are there any other things that you would like to introduce at some point? Uh, I've got like a few things that um that I wrote down that uh, from other camps that I visited that I yeah. loved. And um, um, so uh, I love when camps have history in their dining hall and their physical building. Like you walk in, um, 
Coniston uh, does a fantastic job of this, where you walk in and there's literally every staff photo for the past however many years they were in it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a huge um, thing. And they also have, um, they give out like a five-year camper award and they take every kid's name and they put it on a paddle and they right. put it on the wall. Um, they have it it's like specially engraved. So like I, I really love um, things celebrating the history, especially if you're going to be in the, that room for one fourth of your camp experience. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think um, awards um, that the organization has gotten um, uh, are a great thing to have in a dining hall to show off. If you don't have a welcome center or a, a main building people go into, I think that's important to show off. Um, uh, and I also like when they do silly awards like um, I, I Camp Mason's got an award for food waste um, and that they give to school groups. I think it's the Golden Spoon Award. I'm not yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it's, it's silly, but it's it's great. Like you go there and you see like the school's name and the spoon and like it's like it's like it feels like camp. It's just it's a really it's tastefully done, but it's really it's really cute. And I love that. Um, and the last is just being smart about the space. Uh uh, again, visiting Constant, um, they didn't like the visual of the space. And what he did was he painted the ceiling black. And all of a sudden, it got people looking downward a little bit more right. instead of looking up at the rafters of the ceiling. So um, and I, I, I visited a number of camps where they all handled differently. But I think just being very attention, uh, very attentive to the um, what are the eyesores of the room and how to make them beautiful. You know, right. So. Right. Cool. You know, Gab, is there stuff that you'd like to add or that you've been talking about as thinking about collecting? Yeah, well, I, I um, uh, to add to the history part, um, with Dan's history part, um, we have uh, every cabin group does a, a little plaque where they paint their, yeah. um, you know, what represents their summer and they put their name on it. And all of those plaques go up in the dining room. So you can see if you were there as an eight-year-old, you'll see your eight-year-old plaque um, that's there and who your counselor was and who, who your um, your cabin mates were. And, and for me, it's just, it's natural, but I know that when people come to visit, they're always intrigued by all of these plaques and they're like, what are these? And I'm like, oh yeah, there's these, right. we have, you know, hundreds of them and they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're full of, of colors and they, and they look great. Um, um, I went also to uh, Circle R Ranch as a camper and every summer, um, they did their CIT program. They did the, they always introduced us to, um, their environmental sort of goal. And, um, they had a, a speech and each person dressed up as a character and everybody knew the words. If you're going there long enough, you knew exactly what the son was going to say and what the farmer was going to say and what right. the cook was going to say. But sort of that, that ritual, um, I was looking forward to it every single year and sort of these, characters to stand up and it, it felt like you know we're all we're all in this together and it was even though it was a skit that was performed almost the exact same way um as you said uh, dan it, you know it was an honor and uh, and it helped us all be on the same page and they also weighed their uh, waste bucket and which group got the lowest waste bucket and they kept a chart and i thought that was really i always liked that and i i, I was always moving towards those type of things and you also have to work with your kitchen a certain way and your maintenance team and but as as we go by, we get more and more environmental. But I definitely want to keep pushing in in sort of more composting and uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think 
Oh, sorry. No, you go. You go. I was, I was just going to say, I think it's also fun to, in, if there's something that your camp makes or your cook makes that's special to your camp, to really highlight that. So our cookie's Italian, and he makes these um, cinnamon rolls, which we call sticky buns, and there's this mixture of honey and butter that you make to, to dip your you know cinnamon bun in. And it's only on Sundays, and campers hear about this. This is in our newsletter. Yeah. This is first-year campers. We talk about the ratio of honey to butter and, you know, which way to go. Um, and I think it's fun to, it's like when you're going and you're traveling somewhere and you're experiencing the delicacy of that area. I think it's, it's nice to have a couple of items on your, on your menu that, uh, you know, they really don't get it anywhere else and, and celebrating it. And it sounds silly, but new campers come to camp and they're like, I can't wait to try these sticky <laughs> buns. And, um, yeah, he's a legend, you know, so- he gets the most likes on our, Facebook when it's his birthday. Right Him and Jackie, it's all usually kind of tied, but our, we really promote <laughs> our cook. <laughs> Mostly because we don't want him to leave right. either. Right. <laughs> Hold on to those cooks. What were you going to say, Dan? Um, you, you just said, too, um, uh, it reminded me. Um, so uh, when I took over this role, we used to have this thing called brunch that um, years ago, it was like bringing out all the leftovers from the week. <laughs> and uh, kids always finally remembered it. And I, as a staff member, always hated it. And then um, over time, we kind of got to an area where we couldn't do it anymore. Um, regulations getting tighter and whatnot. Um, you know, and it was always safe then, but you know, just to be within the standards. Right. And then um, it kind of became like this weird servings of things and so we we use brunch now sunday brunch to um to really celebrate them making it halfway through the session our two week long sessions so we actually serve ice cream at 10 in the morning yes um and um it's uh it's funny like um first of all we did it we didn't know how much we should serve and all that stuff we um the compromise too is we serve it with chicken and waffles um, so, uh, you have to get ice cream if you're, I'm uh, sorry, if you, um, if you choose to get ice cream, you have to get it placed on a waffle. Um, so you can't just, we know you're eating something else. And also the, the, the kids are sitting with the staff and whatnot, but, um, I could tell you right now, like people like literally, I, no one ever complained about brunch again. And, right. um, and, uh, and I haven't heard any negative feedback from parents. You know, when we talk from parents, if they do make a comment, um, it's, it, it's like, look, we're celebrating halfway through the, the session and parents get it. Um, they've more just bringing up like my kid told me this crazy story that they had ice cream at 10 in the morning I'm like oh, no that's that's true that's 100 yeah. percent true but um i really um what gab was saying like something special really does make a difference um it doesn't have to be necessarily um a special food per se but something with different timing um but yeah um i know um no one camp does like uh candy breakfast <laughs> one day or something <laughs> like that but um i mean it's not you know we're not serving i don't know I I guess ice cream is not that much better than candy. But, um, but, How does the, uh, the yeah, brunch just, work, uh, yeah. Dan? Like, do they have? I'm guessing your normal breakfast is you know around eight or something like yeah. that. So how does so, so, is there um, a a snack always at ten something or? Yeah, so I'll actually go into a little bit more. Um, there, the complete because I want to do this. Is, this is uh, a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally so, doing it so for myself. We have. A lot, yeah, you're gonna go do it tomorrow morning. Um, we've got a large director team um, here. We have a large, uh, um, a large team that really keeps camp going um, because we're a large camp. And uh, I'm really big into servant leadership, meaning that I um, take care of the staff like you would take care of the kids. 
It's the shortest way I could say it. So we, as a director team, actually served the ice cream to everybody um, uh, uh, that morning. Um, so we literally, uh, it's called the Island of Dreams. We put um, <laughs> four tables in the oh, center of the dining hall. And um, at, yeah, oh, it gets way better. Uh, just wait. And we each each one has a station. So because you have to get through all these kids in like a quick time as yeah. well, too. Cause for the ice cream melts. And then we put on the Willy Wonka soundtrack, <laughs> and, and uh, we call up uh, groups to the Island of Dreams, and uh, we call up certain villages, um, uh, and uh, yeah, and they could choose between uh, vanilla or chocolate. Um, if they use manners, they end up getting more. We always encourage them to use manners, and then um, we have uh, whipped cream, uh, sprinkles chocolate syrup like i told the kitchen like it has to be over the top because if you're gonna do ice cream and just do like a little half scoop it like it's just it it needs to be a little bit of a wow but at the same point in time you don't want kids to vomit (laughs) so um so yeah so we do this and um yeah kids go nuts uh and the staff uh the first year the staff a little resistance from the staff and that's when we add chicken we added breaded chicken because they were saying there wasn't enough there wasn't a protein um and then um yeah uh, so that Younger half eats from 10 to 11. Older half eats from 11 to 12. Around 2.30, we drive around with a snack, which is sun chips or a healthy chip, um, uh, uh, an apple, and um, some water. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, – and then we have dinner at normal time. So the kids sleep in Sunday morning, and then the first thing they go to is brunch. Um, and, they, yeah, it kind of like – rocks their world in that sense um and for kids that don't know what's coming um it's pretty it's pretty amazing <laughs> like the first time we did it um it uh, we didn't tell the staff we were going to do it um it really blew their minds now we're in the third year of doing it and right. it's it's definitely kind of expectation but um yeah i i really believe in servant leadership and i believe serving food is an easy way to show that you care for people and it might be the jewish mother in me but it just um it's just who, <laughs> what i like you know so yeah yeah. I'm fist pumping in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, oh, they don't know what's yeah. going to hit them. I'm trying to find when is this going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> Um, Camp North Stardust Candy Breakfast, uh, uh, Sue Goldberg's camp in Maine. Um, they're good people to talk to too about. She is, she, uh, I actually learned how to do over the top from her. She knows what she's doing when it comes <laughs> over yeah. the top. Um, she's uh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was okay. a kid, we don't we didn't do this so much. Um, when I was directing, excuse me, but uh, when I was a kid, that we had theme meals. So you'd have monk's meal or one utensil meal or or stuff like that. We cut out a lot of those just because we found there was a lot of wasted food. Um, but some of those theme things come still happen. Um, they still happen. Are there any of those that you folks do that that would stand out? Yeah, we. We also cut out a lot, um, mostly because I didn't like them personally myself. And I felt like it, it was a deterrent. It took away from the community aspect. So for those of you who don't know Monk's Mill, you're not supposed to speak. And, you know, um, but we've replaced them with, if there's a special program that evening, um, decorating the entire dining room where we get staff the night before and we just... Uh, you know, go over the top, as you say, Dan, um, and decorate the entire dining room. So then in the morning when campers are coming in and we don't say anything, we just act totally normal. And uh, they're like, what's going on? And, you know, you do that uh, once a, a session and it just sort of to to highlight the, the program that might be happening that evening. And I I always like that. I feel like it's, you know, it's magical. Just, 
It's magical. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's out of the ordinary and the staff love it. And, um, you know, yeah, and you give snacks to the staff that night while you do it. And it, it's a fun team building thing. And it's usually it's volunteer and a lot of people show up because there's food. So um, but uh, no, it's it's magical. It's exciting. And to see their faces in the morning um, and they're just not expecting it. Uh, it's, it's very it's very fun. So we try to do those type of things. And, and I think uh, everybody really enjoys that. Yeah. Any Frost Valley females, Dan? Um, I don't, I not like, no, not really super themed, you know, um, uh, villages well have theme days and they tend to use the dining hall kind of as a stage to show off their theme day and make other right. villages jealous yes. after going through a theme yeah. day. Yeah, um, yeah. So the, the dining hall, Dining hall is more like a variety program, I would yeah, say, right. <laughs> per se. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I uh, like we'll um, we have four all camp events, so we use the dining hall to promote those. So like for instance, when we have Olympics, we use the dining hall to promote that Olympics is coming, and like we'll announce the coaches there. We'll actually announce them twice so that um, both sets of kids could get hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we you know, when you turn on the theatrics too, it's got to be um, it's got to be pretty quick and, and also entertaining yes. to 300 people. So it tends not to drag on that much right. when we do do it, um, as a whole. But, uh, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I might've missed that we do. Uh, you know, the music playing, we really, uh, I want to say that was a big shift for us. I want to say in 2004, it was like music on all the time and, uh, we kind of, kind of overdid it and, um, scaling back the music to the, times you're supposed to be up from the table um, has really helped the meal um, run as a meal. Right. But we actually, I can't um, reemphasize this enough, and this is actually stems from um, Cam, who I work with, who's the director for the Old Traffic Camp. Um, we really believe in running the camp meal like a camp meal. So staff training, run it how you want. Yep. Like don't, yep. don't just have a buffet line during staff training run it like a camp meal. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the best way the staff are going to learn. That's the best way um, things are actually going to happen and, um, during the summer. So. Right on. That's great. Well, thank you both for sharing some awesome stuff. I'm, I'm really grateful. I, and if people have some of their own ideas and like to share them with us, welcome to email me, Travis at camphacker.tv, or reach out on Twitter. You can find all of our Twitters in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in the show notes for any of our shows, go to camphacker.tv slash podcast. And this is episode 78, the one called Spice Up Your Dining Room. Uh, and um, check in, be able to, you can reach out and ask Dan and Gab some questions. And um, I know Joe's got some cool dining hall traditions as well. But uh, share those with us. We'd be happy to, to spread them around and maybe mention them on a, a next podcast. What I want to do now then is move us on to that time. It is time for our tool of the week. Tool of the week. So our tool of the week is a chance for each of our panelists to share something that helps them be a better camp director. And it uh, looks like we have some good ones gathered here today. Dan, what uh, what's your tool today? Um, so I'm actually going with something we do for our campers um, that I uh, absolutely cherish. So I really believe in front-loading people with information for for comfort. Um, so we actually mail home all of our campers um, a brochure 
um, at the during the summer and the kind of introduction for the the camp program. But we also, when they've chosen to be at camp and they're coming back, we mail them a poster to get them excited for camp. So I have a, I have a few examples with me. Um, uh, one, for, one, and it has to be distinct for the camp program you're doing it. So um, for instance, this is the farm camp. You can see it's it's yeah. the farm itself. Um, this is uh, main camp. It's uh, the stars in the lake, which almost yeah. every kid in main camp um, does uh, goes swimming. And then um, this is adventure. Um, so they go they do a lot of um, kayaking and out on the water with uh, with our adventure trips. But um, so that's the front of it. But the back of it has specific specific information for the for your camp experience so a little bit of camp culture um a map a cartoon map um it was great when i went to our our graphic designer that we've been using i I said "Uh, do you do hand drawings she's like i love hand drawings yes i'm so (laughs) excited to to, to do that so um so yeah so hand-drawn maps of camp and then um for adventure you know specifically when we do this um, we want kids to see there's a progression so the kids could see that they could literally go on adventure trips and become a staff member yeah. for um for main camp it could be overwhelming the property so the property yeah. maps a little bit bigger yeah. um and then for farm camp we really kind of go into what the chores are because we get a lot of questions of yeah. like am i going to be just taking care of animals all the time right but it gets the kids pumped uh for the kids that know your camp program they're going to put the poster side up on your wall and then it's instant marketing um, right. to all their friends when they're over um for um the kid that wants knowledge it's every question that we could have thought of putting it on there and um we really find um that kids put them on their walls uh right. the kids don't get many posters these days they don't yeah get mail kids are excited to get mail again um you know and a lot of people have cut their print out of their budgets and uh, i don't know if that was a good idea or not so um but uh yeah so um i we do this in-house so um um uh the uh with our graphic designer um in terms of the layout and then we just send it to a printer they give it back to us and we just include it in the packets we do fold it which is uh it's a crime but um but the kids still love it and right. um, yeah so that's great. What an awesome idea. Thank you, Dan. That is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Too bad Waro doesn't have any in-house graphic designer. Hey, yeah. Gab. <laughs> I know. Giving Gab more work. Just, yeah. like, adding something to my to-do list right there. <laughs> this is too late for people that are listening, and my apologies for this, but um, Dan, you should submit those to those the Camp Later Marketing, Camp Marketing Awards. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I um I uh, will talk to our marketing department and, and we'll yeah. See yeah. What, but definitely. Yeah. I, I can't awesome. reiterate enough. You know, we send we send a family handbook home, and that's really just content for the for the parents. Um, but this is just nice. Um, you know, kids enjoy getting that. Um, I really believe that. Uh, it's also really unique to see. I'm seeing more and more parents let the kids make the decision about camp. Right. Um, you know, they kind of come up with their standard questions for the parent. And then after that, they're letting the kid truly decide. So um, I think posters are a good thing. I think print's a good thing. I think YouTube's a great thing as well, too. But right. it's just polar opposite in philosophy. Okay. For camps that are listening, you should check out the camplaterawards.com. Just camplaterawards.com. It's um, an award show that we're sponsoring. And we're one of the, the founding sponsors for we wanted to highlight great summer camp marketing and um so there may be a bit too late for you to submit for this year but go and check out the results and um and get on the email list so you can know when it happens again next year because uh there are some really fantastic stuff submitted you're going to find it so inspiring so uh, i hope you go check that out at camplaterawards.com 
Um, I'm going to go with with my tool. Uh, as many of you know, I do a lot of traveling for speaking and going to camps and presenting, and so uh, I'm on the road a lot. And one of the things that gives me the most stress on the road is um, is running out of power in my phone when I have um, my airplane tickets on there, when I have the podcasts I want to listen to, uh, etc. And I had a really stressful trip in the fall, and I was just nursing my phone through the day, trying to make sure I could get on my last plane before it would die. And what I did is I went to Amazon and I bought this Anchor battery. It's 13,000 milliamps, which means that it can recharge my phone six times. Um, and so it, uh, it's got a little, a little tester to show how many, I'm at three quarters of battery power right now. Um, it plugs into USB, um, could charge an iPad or a phone. Uh, it's just small and it's light, comes in a little padded case. And I just keep it in my briefcase now for, so that I don't have that, that stress of running out of power. So we'll put the link for that. The brand is called Anchor. Um, but do go to the show notes at um, camphacker.tv slash podcast and look in the tool of the week on on episode 78 to see that. And also to see what Gab's, the link to Gab's tool, which is, as a photographer, always makes me happy, this one. Sorry about that. Yeah, so um, mine mine is a B&H photo uh, video um Company, which is an American company, their store is in New York, and it's for photographers and videographers. And uh, I think camp camp people because we're always we we're just talking about marketing. We need uh, good footage so that we can market our camp. Um, so this might be maybe you choose to use this tool or not, depending on uh, your trigger figure when you buy things late at night online. Um, but it's the deal zone with B&H and they really have amazing deals on a lot of stuff. Um, cameras, lighting, um, even, uh, projectors. Uh, so a lot of great things and you'll, you'll get them probably, you know, 50% or more off. And if you're Canadian, if it's over a hundred dollars, they ship it for free and they'll take care, they'll help you out with the duty and it's, it gets um, delivered to you very, very quickly. So I've saved a lot of money just looking at the deals and they're 24 hours or until everything's sold out. So um, I have that there and, and I have my restrictions. Like what am I allowed to buy? I can't buy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I keep my eye out for maybe that camp camera or uh, maybe a couple of little point and shoots that you want to lend to kids to take around camp and yeah, those type of things. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good old B&H. I uh, love them. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things, one of the things that makes B&H stand out to me as a business, a business who sticks to their principles, is that they shut down for the Sabbath and they won't take online orders for Sabbath. And uh, oh. every time I see that, it's like, I love a business that says, this is who we are. Deal with it. I know. But their service is so great. I love and, that as well. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And then I'm like, maybe I should be taking Sabbath right now. Maybe I need. <laughs> yes be chilling out a little bit yeah no it's they're they're uh, they they're very consistent and they they do stick to their their values yep i love that no well i um i i thank you both for being on um 
I just as a reminder, I've said you go check out the show notes. Um, if you enjoyed the show and got some good ideas from Dan, or you loved Gab's thing about having conversation starters that you put in and off the table, then if you go to kipacker.tv slash love, it'll put out a tweet that um, that helps share the message of, of what you got out of, of Camp Hacker today. It'd be um, really useful to us. If you got something great for the show, we'd really appreciate that. It's automatic and fast. So go to camphacker.tv slash love. The other thing I wanted to say in terms of wrap up today is we, we really want to thank um, our editor and producer, Matt Hansberger, who has been so kind to put all these shows together and get the audio ready for you. And um, he's taking on a, even a little bit more role for that right now. And so uh, um, thanks, Matt. We're, you're awesome. And uh, the show couldn't happen without you. So we're grateful. Dan, thanks. And uh, before you go, I wonder if you'd take a second, just let people know how they can follow up with you. Yeah. Um, so I tweet at Dan Loves Camp. Um, same thing for Instagram and uh, same thing for a website. So danlovescamp.com. Um, I work at Frost Valley uh, YMCA as well, too, um, if you need to get a hold of me through there. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to help you out. So. Right on. Take care, man. Yeah. And Gab, thanks for being on the show, too. How can people follow up with you? Well, you can check out where I work at uh, waro.com and follow me on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail or on Instagram, uh, Gabrielle Rail as well. That's awesome. Thanks, Gab. Thanks. Sometimes people let me know that they are that they've just found the show and then they're starting and, and listening from the beginning. And uh, one of the things when you tell me your Twitter gab just cracks me up is you used to say, "Well, I'm not really on the Twitter. I don't really do it very often." But you're on the Twitter all the time now. It's I, a, a I, big well, part I, of. Yeah, if you're listening from the beginning, I'm, I, that's what I say, and then I and then I start saying I'm really trying, and yeah. now I've got I've got there. I've made it part of my routine. So, yeah. uh, and I really like it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it took me a while though. <laughs> yeah. and Twitter is really the genesis of this show. This show happened because Dan and I were some of the first ones talking about summer camp on Twitter, and that's how we met, and uh, and that's what helped us bring everybody together. So. Um, so check everybody out there. Our Twitter is at Camp Hacker. It's all one word, twitter.com slash Camp Hacker. And yesterday we put out lots of good stuff about camp marketing, about leadership, and uh, and also our shows as well. So we really do thank you for watching and for listening. Um, it's uh, It's been awesome. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.